the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Um, just to prove that we are not opposed to diversity, our topics are diverse on this program. <laughs> I, I, I kind of jokingly say that because I was just talking about the um, episode of Strictly Speaking that I recorded that is airing today on uh, Roku, True Blue, um, Plex, and TCL TVs with Professor Jason Hill. And uh, he wrote a book uh, called uh, What Do... Uh, white Americans owe black people. It's a book about reparations and so forth. And he, of course, is a uh, uh, Jamaican-born, but he's a man of color, a black man, if you will, professor at DePaul University, and he is completely opposed to the entire concept of DEI. And we talk about it. I just tweeted out and posted on my Facebook um, a clip from that show that uh, airs today, and it's about the DEI portion of it. And I asked him, tell me anything good about diversity, equity, and inclusion, or diversity, inclusion, and equity, if you believe that it is what it sounds like and it makes things die. And, um, you know, he had a very hard time finding anything good to say about it. I will, however. Diversity of thought is a good thing. Not diversity of skin color or of sexuality or sexual orientation or anything of those, any, any of those things, because those things lead to discrimination. When you try to choose somebody based on one of those characteristics, one of those immutable characteristics, or one of the selected ones, um, that's not good. When you try to diversify simply based on appearance, but diversity of thought, diversity of ideas, diversity of topics, that is a positive thing. And that's what I use to transition from, pardon that unintended pun, but to transition from the discussion that we just had on uh, 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 liquid, liquid natural gas and fossil fuels with Representative Bob Latta as we go now into the world of uh, transgendering America. And there's no other way to say that, quite frankly. The rest of the world seems to have wised up, particularly countries, uh, you know, Scandinavian countries. They're looking at this and they're saying, whoa, 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 we are not recommending gender-affirming care for confused youth and adolescents and uh, uh, and uh, my- minors. We're not promoting that stuff anymore because it is so incredibly harmful. But here in the United States, it's full speed ahead. So joining us now is uh, Dr. Miriam Grossman. She... Uh, wrote along with, uh, I believe, Dr. Lawrence Schwartz, a very, very important op-ed that I read in the Dallas Morning News. Um, they are psychiatrists and fellows of Do No Harm, which is an organization dedicated to removing politics from medicine. And this op-ed um, essentially takes to task the American Psychological Association. The APA should be the go-to for people suffering from either actual gender dysphoria, which is very, very rare, or even the social contagion of transgenderism, because these are psychological disorders. But now the American Psychiatric Association has apparently fled the building and said, no, go ahead and promote the gender-affirming care. Go ahead and do the mutilation. We're not going to deal with it on our end. At least that's a very loose interpretation of this. So let's welcome Dr. Miriam Grossman, practicing child and adolescent psychiatrist and do-no-harm fellow to AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Grossman, good morning. It's good to have you. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing very well. 
Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, I talk about this topic on this radio program a lot. I talk to experts. I talk to authors. I talk to researchers, scientists. I do it on my television program as well. And uh, I'm so glad to see you taking this to the mainstream, uh, this uh, reality of what is going on with the American Psychiatric Association. Give us a little backgrounder on the article that you wrote and what you want people to know about what the APA is up to. Sure, of course. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for covering this topic. I wrote everything from A to Z that people need to know about the madness of, uh, of transgenderism that's going on right now in our country. The name of my book is Lost in Trans Nation, A Child Psychiatrist's Guide Out of the Madness. And uh, that book is basically a guide for all parents not just parents who might be going through this crisis in their home right now, but parents who want to prevent it and who want to inoculate their children against dangerous ideas, such as being born in the wrong body, which kids are basically being bombarded with, you know, 24-7. So, yeah, uh, the APA, and it wasn't the American Psychological, if I could just correct you, is the American Psychiatric. Oh, thank you. I apologize. Of course it is. There, yeah. Thank you for that correction. Yeah, there is a difference. I know the difference between psychology, psychological and psychiatric yeah. care, but I did say it incorrectly. Thank you. Uh, no problem. So there are two APAs, and the APA, you know, that brought out this recent book on gender-affirming care is the American Psychiatric, which is obviously a medical, or supposed to be, a professional medical association for psychiatrists, psychologists, and you know, really all of mental health and beyond has always trusted the APA for, you know, up-to-date, evidence-based guidance on how to help people. And so it's all the more distressing and problematic that they recently, at the end of last year, published a book that they, they're calling an essential textbook on uh, on, on the care of transgender-identified individuals. Mm-hmm. But rather than deal with the real science and the evidence and all of the debate that's going on, as you accurately mentioned in your introduction, that many other countries have pivoted away. Well, let me first just tell your, your listeners, gender-affirming care, quote-unquote, basically the premise of it, is that uh, that that every person uh, has the right to uh, to declare their identity and uh, for for the rest of us to automatically rubber stamp it, including doctors and therapists, no matter the age of the individual or whatever mental health issues they may be grappling with. And that all per- people as a civil right, including kids, uh, have, should have access to these medical interventions that are very, uh, serious and can cause lifelong, uh, how should I call it, uh, body ma- modifications as well as infertility. So these are serious medical interventions and gender, gender affirming care says that you basically put the patient, even a child, in the driver's seat. So this is a book 
this is a book that was published by the APA recently, and uh, instead of addressing the fact that this is all extremely controversial and that many countries have pivoted away from this uh, quote-unquote kind of treatment path, and they have said instead that minors need psychotherapy and not hormones that will change their bodies and lower their voices and grow breasts and boys. They've said that, no, they've looked at the data, they've analyzed it. These are not political decisions. These are medical groups in these countries like Sweden, Finland, Norway, Britain, and others. And uh, they have said, no, we're not going to give these hormones and other therapies to minors. Uh, but as you said a moment ago, here in this country and in Canada, it's full steam ahead. So uh, Lauren Schwartz and I wrote a letter to the American Psychiatric Association. We're objecting to this book that says things like the man-woman binary is mythical. More sex categories would flourish if not for European colonial influences. Um, these are quotes here from the book. Evidence-based medicine is oppressive. Psychiatry has perpetuated the oppression of transgender youth. Uh, even psychosis is not a contraindication to gender-affirming services. So what does that mean, Bob? Psychosis means people who are not living in reality, people who are having hallucinations, who have delusions, and this book is claiming that even that condition of psychosis is not a contraindication to these uh, interventions, including surgeries. I mean, you know, this is this is beyond outrageous. This yeah. is a political manifesto. I was going to say so, you mentioned that you you talk about that and 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 which was going to I always think of Dr. Gross. We're talking to Dr. Miriam Grossman. She is a practicing child and adolescent psychiatrist and a senior fellow at Do No Harm. She is also the author of her own book, which is Lost is Lost in Transnation: A Child Psychiatrist's Guide Out of the Madness. Um, and she co-wrote this article. And, and obviously the letter to the APA that she's talking about. Whenever I see these kinds of things, I always have to follow the old axiom of follow the money. Who funds the American Psychiatric Association? Who would be directing them? Maybe perhaps through donations and, uh, and, and maybe worse, um, to come up with a manifesto like this, a political manifesto rather than a one based in psychiatric care. You know, uh, you know, the money part of all this, I do not have the expertise in. I am a clinician, and I look at what's happening to kids, to families, to parents, and to my profession. There's no doubt that money is a big element here. Every child that is put on puberty blockers, and by the way, puberty is not a disorder. Puberty is something that we want every child to go through, natural, organic puberty, so that they can grow into adults. But every child, getting back to the money, that mm -hmm. is put on these blockers, and thousands and thousands of kids in this country are on puberty blockers, nearly every single one of them will then continue and go on estrogen and progesterone, I mean estrogen, I'm sorry, and testosterone. 
Now, these kids that are going to be dependent on these pharmaceuticals for the rest of their lives, for as long as they want to live as the opposite sex, they represent a million dollars in revenue to the drug companies. So, And that is not even getting into the surgeries that they're going to get. So, yes, of course, the financial incentive is great for the surgeon, for the medical people, and there is a ton of money that's being pumped into uh, the medical schools, uh, the residency programs, and the hospitals. That is for sure. In terms of the APA itself, I don't know. I, I don't know who's donating money to them. I haven't looked into that. I'm more concerned with, you know, how these young kids' bodies are being, uh, are, you know, are being affected permanently by these medications, how they do not have the ability to make any sort of informed consent about issues like their fertility. I mean, are you kidding me? Talk to a 12 or 14-year-old about having babies later in life? That's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, it is, and, people... and the reason the reason I asked you about the funding is because I'm trying to figure out what could have made the APA pivot the way that they have here. Because, I mean, it, to my understanding, the only other time I think, um, at, at least in recent history, or and again, or maybe just to my to my knowledge, um, that a psychiatric association would support a bodily mutilation to deal with the psychiatric problem was when they used to perform lobotomies. And they got away from that. That, of course, um, uh, was was a barbaric practice. Uh, and 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 this is this seems to be a return to that. We have people presenting with psychological problems or psychiatric problems. I don't know how you view the the, the actual gender dysphoria if it's psychiatric or psychological or maybe a accommodation thereof. But the point is, it is something that needs to be treated with psychiatric or psychological care, not with bodily mutilation, either through the drugs that you're talking about or the actual physical surgeries and the removing of healthy organs and and so on and so forth so i'm wondering you know what what was the pivot point that made psychological and psychiatric associations suddenly say nah we won't treat it with what we do we 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 support the idea of going ahead and physically mutilating and 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 changing you know their bodies all right so i do address all this in my book um you know, in the few minutes that we have here, I would just explain to people, and it's so important that especially parents understand that the mental health, uh, you know, the mental health profession with psychiatry at the top of it has been captured, has been hijacked uh, by, by, you know, by a small groups of very vocal and aggressive activists. This did not happen recently. It happened a long time ago. And uh, what happens in these uh, medical associations is that activists with an agenda, a radical agenda, uh, uh, take over committees, that small committees that are charged with coming up with policy and coming up with guidelines. And you could have as little as you know, eight or ten people who are on a committee that come up with guidelines. The and 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 then those guidelines are get the stamp of approval of the board of directors. 
What's important for parents to understand is that when you look at the guidelines for the care of transgender identifying kids or what they call now gender diverse kids, which really is just talking about personality yeah. because there are, there are masculine girls, there are feminine boys, you know, it, it, it's not their sex. Sex is binary. But in any case, these associations have been captured by activists with an agenda. Um, and when parents are told by gender therapists and gender doctors that there's a consensus, okay, when you turn on the television and you see Admiral Dr. Levine of the HHS saying that, oh, there's, you know, all medical authorities agree on this. This is life-saving. Well, no. No, that's not at all the case. There is no consensus. There's a huge debate, but the medical organizations are squashing the debate. They do not permit any debate. They silence the doctors that, that want to stand up and say, hey, this is serious. We are sterilizing kids. We need to debate this. They do not permit the debate. Let me ask you this, Dr. Grossman, in uh, closing, because we're just about out of time, but um, are you and Dr. Schwartz alone in this? And by alone, I don't mean specifically just the two of you. What percentage would you say of psychiatrists, particularly adolescent psychiatrists like you are and Dr. Schwartz is, what percentage do you think agree with you and what percentage is going along with the APA? Okay. Well, not only are Dr. Schwartz and I not alone, but our letter, which is online, and I urge people, anyone can sign it. This is the letter to the APA objecting to their gender manifesto, what they call a textbook. Mm-hmm. Anyone can sign it. We have 7,000 signatures on that letter to the APA, and many of those uh, are from MDs, uh, PhD psychologists. We are not at all alone. We have international experts that have signed this, uh, this letter. Again, it's, it's on my website, miriamgrossmanmd.com. We really should be getting tens of thousands of signatures because this affects everybody, affects your kids, affects your grandchildren. And, Bob, we are not at all alone. People are becoming more and more courageous, and they're able to uh, speak up. Uh, and deal with whatever consequences there are. Some people have signed the letter anonymously, but most have not. And we are not at all alone. I can't give you a percentage because, you know, I mean, I've been wanting to do this for years, but how do I, you know, how do you do a referendum of all child and adolescent psychiatrists? How do I gain access to, you know, all the emails of, of people that I would need to reach and then get, you know, it would have to be an anonymous survey. So I can only guess. I can only guess. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking I'm, more, yeah, I'm looking more for that, more just a sense that you have, not an actual percentage. I know I asked for one, but I mean, do you have people that support you? Do they contact you? Are there other psychiatrists who say, I want to be on board, or I can't be on board professionally because I fear the repercussions, but I do support what you are doing? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's that kind absolutely. of a movement. I get, yeah, 
No, it's like, climat- it's like climatologists, climatologists who, who have evidence and true numbers that, that buck the trend and the, the narrative of global warming is going to kill us all and CO2 is bad for us rather than being plant food that actually helps uh, sustain us all. But, but they, you know, they, they know that they, professionally they're going to get crucified if they come out and actually support the small handful that are willing to publicly challenge the orthodoxy. Well, one incredible organization challenging the orthodoxy is do no harm yes where i am proud to say i'm a senior fellow and they are standing up these are doctors and other professionals uh that are standing up and saying enough enough of politics in medicine this is harming people so you know your audience should also check them out do no harm.org they can join they can see what's going on there they have a lot of uh, wonderful events and people are speaking up and writing op-eds and there's a lot going on. Trust well, me. Dr. Grossman, w- what I want people to know is that they can help. I'm uh, I'm looking at your page right now, miriamgrossmanmd.com. It's spelled exactly like you would think it is, everybody. miriamgrossmanmd.com. And I do see one of the top links there is sign letter to the APA. I'm going to click it and sign it during this commercial break. I hope that all of my uh, listeners will do the same thing and also visit donoharm.org. Dr. Grossman, we'll have you back on again when we can spend more time. This is uh, obviously a very, very uh, intensive conversation that we need to have and also to talk about professionally what this does to you and others who stand up and and challenge the orthodoxy that uh, butchering children is in their best interest. So I certainly look forward to uh, to a future conversation, and I thank you so much today. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.